0: Welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards Podcast, Season 2, Episode 26. Already, Sports Guy Chris here once again with my good friend Mikey. Mikey, how are you today on this uh, lovely Monday in Southern California? You
1: know what, Chris? I am doing a okay. Thanks, buddy.
0: Awesome, man. How are you doing? You doing all right? I'm doing great, dude. I think Uh it's a a great way to start off the week. A little podcast action with you, my friend. Mm. You know, we've got some uh, great stuff to talk about, as always. And Uh then, you know, by the time we get to the weekend. College football starts, Uh, you know, it's week zero, there's not really too many marking games, but football is back. Meaning games that will count in the win-loss column, so excited for that. There you go. Um, And of course, we're one week closer to the start of the NFL season as well. So we're we're inching closer and closer to that. But anyway, my friend, um, the NFL has reached an agreement with Deshaun Watson. So, you know, an ongoing thing we've been talking about for a while, we can finally... Put this to bed and get ready for the actual NFL season. So the details, of course, sure, most folks know that by now. But they uh, settled on an 11-game suspension. Of course, Uh the original suspension was six games. Uh, The league was looking for a full season. There's been a lot made of the $5 million fine, Mikey, of course, and that's unprecedented. And I we've talked about the contract details before and, and you know you actually pointed something out that he's really not making that much money this year yeah. all of that that guaranteed big money is mm-hmm. coming later on in the deal so mm-hmm. i know the actual amount of lost wages doesn't add up to a whole lot but yeah um all of that being said of course we we've found some kind of uh i guess middle ground you could say um but i'm interested to get yeah. your thoughts on this you know i i still I still think this is a very polarizing thing where you have some folks that are going, okay, I think this is fair. And a lot of people that are still going, I don't know about this. It still doesn't add up. Mikey, what do you feel about this uh, conclusion, I guess you could say, finally to this Deshaun Watson ongoing saga?
1: Yeah, dude. So, um, look, man, uh, I I don't think that... um You know, I think the situation certainly is, you know, pretty unprecedented across the board, um, just given the amount of of allegations and everything against him. So I think, and then on top of that, like, you know, sitting out for a season, um, you know, with no disciplinary action and then the Cleveland Browns doing what they did, you know, I I, I think just, you know, makes things just that much more complicated. Um, But look, man, like the bottom line is, so what I'm saying is that like no one, was going to win in this situation. I
0: think you're right. The way this whole uh, you know, thing went, the, how dragged out it was. Whether it was set it up for that a
1: full yeah. years, you know, suspension, or if it maintained the six game suspension, the NFL sure. said, "Oh, well, cool, it's done." You know, I, I don't think it really matters. I don't think that the five million dollar fine, you know, which is the most money that a player has been fined, right. I guess, in NFL yeah. history, like that's not Correct. the consolation that they think it is. Um, I agree. You know, yeah. uh, especially when you consider the fact that like this dude. Like at the end of this suspension of the eleven games, he's only missing out on six hundred and sixty thousand dollars for this that's for it. this contract yep. for this year. For
0: this so year.
1: I mean, come on now, like that's just I don't know, that's just blasphemy. But like, look, the reason why excellent article here on Yahoo Sports and uh, by one Mister Charles Robinson and. You know, he breaks it down that the reason why this came down the way that it did is that the NFL was in control of this suspension. They gave it up to Sue Robinson to basically say, "Look, you know, we're 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 doing what we said we were going to do in negotiations for the con with the, for the CBA, yep. right? Yep, we're going to give it to this arbitrator. We're going to hopefully, you know, uh, uh, this third party. <coughs> excuse me." And you know, we're going to uh, uh, you know, let the cards fall where they may. We're gonna make our case, we're gonna suggest what we were gonna suggest, albeit leaking it through the media for a year-long yeah, suspension. Sure, yeah. um, and then we're gonna see what happens. But all right. uh, knowing full well all along that you do have full control of like appealing that and then you That's know, correct, a, yes, a, right. Applying your own form of justice, right, right? Right. So it's very interesting and the article points out the fact mm-hmm. that look Basically what this comes down to is the NFL, and more importantly, the owners of the teams in the NFL, did not want the players union to be able to throw in Roger Goodell's face and the governing body the fact that they have very uneven justice when it comes to their punishment, doling out punishment for players, and doling out punishment for ownership
0: that's a and great so point, you know it, yeah.
1: rather than all of a sudden now bringing up allegations against Robert Kraft allegations against Jerry Jones uh, obviously you have uh, my, the Miami Dolphins owner yeah uh, you have the biggest one probably the biggest uh, uh you know elephant in the room as it were in Dan Snyder yeah, uh, of the Washington Commanders.
0: ongoing thing here with correct yeah so.
1: You, you have these situations where, you know, you have owners that have gotten these slaps on the wrist, they, they, they have not, you know, yeah, they're, they're ordered to stay away from their team, but they still get the benefit of reaping in, you know, a gajillion dollars in, in, in TV contract money, <coughs> um, and so in shared revenue, and yet they're still continue to, you know, allow to build these ginormous stadiums and, you know, all True. these other kinds yeah. of things. And there's no consequences for that. So what this comes down to is, like, hey, we're going to meet in the middle, we're going to find him an unprecedented amount of money, which by today's standards is pennies on the dollar, and, you know, we're going to still allow him to play in the twilight of the season when the Browns could be competing for the division title and allow him to come back. Yeah. I don't know, dude. I I think, again, there's no winning in this situation. I agree. I, I think at the end of the day... Uh, uh, for all the parties involved when it comes to you know uh, the ownership and and the NFL this is where they, they landed and I think they're happy with it and that's a sad thing because you know unlike in the NBA the NFL has a problem with with you know disciplinary action they, they, they does, don't yeah. they don't yeah. ha- seem to have any sort of consistency across the board I mean Even in the NBA, eventually, the NBA had to step in, especially when the recordings came out of of Donald Sterling and stuff like that with the Clippers. Sure. It became more and more apparent that, like, this guy is not a good dude.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. And,
1: you know, we can't have him 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 as as an owner. And we had to kick him out and so they started the you know the process of making that happen and and you know i mean you even look at the at the time the new orleans hornets and you know having to kick out that owner and the nba assuming ownership of of that team for a brief period of time uh um and so like you you have these incidents um it's just it's just sad and and it does it comes down to just an uneven form of justice uh that that protects the owners and protects their 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 TV money and protects their image and yep. it has nothing and unfortunately you know we're all stoked cuz NFL's coming back and you know yeah. Sundays are back to being NFL <laughs> Sundays again and that's and that's great and that's good for the for the public at large but at the end of the day you're allowing these individuals that otherwise in a, in a era of cancel culture you're allowing these players and I'm not saying that people aren't redeemable yeah but I don't think when you're in a position of privilege yeah and and let's say getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars to play a sport is a privilege, yeah, yep, yeah, completely and so yes. you know if 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 you know Joe Schmo in Milwaukee does mm-hmm. something like this and, and and assaults twenty some odd women, they don't have a
0: job uh, yeah, exactly but yeah. you know i'm a I'm
1: a <laughs> superstar athlete that can yes. throw the ball really far down the field. Um, and now all of a sudden I get to keep my job. I get to keep my ridiculous salary. And yes, I get to go to mandatory counseling and whatnot, but sure. at the end of the day, is he really sorry? I don't know, man. Yeah. yeah. I, that's just a long winded way of saying like, I don't agree with it, period. But then again, I, I preface by saying no one's going to be happy.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, you know, and I think, I think you're right. So you, I think you hit on a couple of really good things. One right there, you know, I, I think this was set up to, to, to just be exactly that. You, there, you were never gonna make everybody happy with this. Um, certainly the public, all sides involved, so on and so forth. So um, I will say, I think it's good that the league got it wrapped up and we still have a couple weeks before the start of the season. You don't wanna drag this out. Yeah. You don't wanna have this continue to go on, that's for sure. So from that regard, I think it was good to probably settle and get it done. Now to dig into it a little bit, and you were hinting on this, you know, yes, five million dollars—it is an unprecedented fine for a player, but so are the allegations. No player has ever been accused of so many multiple things before, so therefore, when you have an unprecedented situation, it's going to ask for unprecedented, um, you know, uh, Discipl- penalties yeah, and discipline. Yeah. So I, I think that's fair, um, and and I think the five million looks good optically that way. And again, you can't take a player's salary into account when you're dishing out a fine or discipline. So, I, so I get it. But the 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 real you know crappy thing or whatever you, word you want to use about it, when you mentioned you know the lost wages of the actual games being suspended, $660,000. It's because clearly Deshaun Watson's handlers and even the Browns, to an extent, had an idea that he was going to get suspended for yeah. some portion of this year. Because out of that two hundred and thirty million guaranteed contract, he's only making a million and change this year. He got a huge signing bonus up front. And then that salary jumps up to I believe it's forty eight million next year. Yeah, yeah. So when you start to break that down, you know, that six hundred and sixty thousand is only zero point two percent out of that two hundred and thirty million dollar guaranteed contract. So, you know, it'd be like finding you and me, you know, five bucks or something. You know what I mean? Honestly. So you know, and again, I get it. You can't take a player's salary into account. You just—it is what it is. Right. So I mean, but it's interesting how that all kind of just worked out that way. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and I—what I, I would have loved is like, yeah, you're—you're you're gonna get the 11-game suspension, but the game wages, the—the—the the, the monetary part of it's gonna come with next year's paychecks because then it would actually you'd feel that, you right, know, and maybe right. it'd be more of a deterrent, like we talked about last week's episode, making it a deterrent. Yeah. So. Whether they succeeded in that, I don't know. I guess we'll find out how much yeah. of a deterrent this, this was or not. But And then the other part of that, and, and I think you're right, and you're on something interesting, is, is the treatment of the owners versus the players. And I think that, that's an interesting thing. I think ultimately, definitely, the owners have gotten slapped on the wrist, especially taking into account what these guys are worth, how much these franchises rake in, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But the problem is, is Roger Goodell works for them yeah, right. at the end of the day. So I also understand why those penalties have been the way that they've been. Because if you want to stay in good standing with your employer and continue to make all these bonuses and everything that Roger Goodell has made over the years, I, you work for these guys. So right. it's, it's kind of hard, um, you know, and... and Everybody, I think, is well aware of the lawyer power that they all have. Of course, the NFL has some pretty good lawyer power themselves. But the last thing the league wants is to have something going on with with an owner and their lawyers trying to go against NFL and their lawyers because they don't agree with a discipline or something like that. Yeah. So I, you know, that part of dealing with the owners is a completely different thing dealing with the players because it's you, you're, you're dealing with people that essentially are your bosses versus sure. you're the boss of these other guys at the end of the day the owners as a group and roger goodell is is the player's boss the ultimate yeah. higher up goodell is not necessarily the owner's boss sure. how that works so i i get i kind of get that but I, I so i get why the nfl would go okay we're going to take this settlement here and yeah. that kind of stuff Honestly, with the way that the, the, that the NFL is set up right now and their current CBAs and all that kind of stuff, I hate to say it, but it's probably just going to be more of the same going forward. Owners are probably always going to be a little bit, get a little bit of slap on sure. the wrist. And, and it's, unless you have a big... One of these big, you know, owners that, that kind of carries clout, so to speak, that comes out and, and speaks up against it. The problem is, is the big clout owners in the league are the ones getting in trouble. Jerry yeah. Jones and Kraft up in New England and Daniel Snyder in Washington. So that's the problem. you right. got you got an icky league right now with your kind of biggest, richest, whatever you want to call it, most, you know... Uh, big name owners and they're the ones getting in trouble Right. right. you know so yeah, it's yeah. like they're all kind of like sticking together like okay well I support that because they right. don't want to get the big yeah. the big treatment themselves. themselves anyway yeah. back yeah, to yeah. Sean Watson yeah um, you know I'm with you I, I don't know if I'm necessarily happy about it I'd like to see I think a little bit more but at the end of the day um, it I guess it is what it is. The 11-game suspension. I I still think a a full season would have been fine, you know, from my standpoint. Because again, we want it to be a deterrent. But um, the fine is unprecedented, so it, you know, I I guess it is what it is. At the end of the day, we'll find out what happens. How this impacts the Browns. How it impacts Deshaun Watson moving forward. By the time this guy actually gets in a meaningful football game, it will have nearly been two years since he stepped on the field in a competitive game where, you know, wins and losses actually count in the column. So sure. it's going to be interesting. Uh, and we'll see what happens. Yep. But um, I, I guess I'm glad we can at least turn the page from this and move forward now, yep. hopefully. So, yeah. you know, we mean now that we're back to some actual football, where, you know, actually... Earlier today, Mikey, yeah. we had a you know one team finally kind of made their announcement with yeah. as far as who their starter is going to be. Yep. Uh, and that's the Panthers. We talked a little bit last week about the Panthers. You know uh-huh. they started Baker Mayfield in their first pre, uh, preseason game. This morning they officially named Baker Mayfield their Week One starter against the Browns. I don't think it's a huge surprise, yeah. but uh, Mikey, you know, is it the right call? Essentially, what do you think? I mean, Mike? look, it's Baker Mayfield or Sam Dunn. Right. Yeah. So, uh
1: I mean, look, you you didn't you didn't make the the late off season trade prior, you know, what a week and a half, two weeks prior to preseason starting. Yeah. You didn't you didn't make this trade for Baker Mayfield to sit on the sidelines. Um. You know, I I, I think that totally it's, agree. It you know, I mean, we've we've been hinting at it and touching on it and you know everything like that the last several weeks or whatever, and that and that's just the fact that like, look, I mean, the the the, the Panthers first. Week one game is against the Browns. I, I mean, you know, exactly. and so you're not gonna go into that game regardless. Even if you didn't name Baker as the week one starter, you didn't go into that game, you know, teasing that Sam Darnold was gonna be your starter. Like you, you just, the 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 the. Storylines, you know, write themselves and you could see this happening. Totally, and dude. so, and look, I mean, and totally bottom yes. line is, is that Baker Mayfield probably is the better player between the two. He probably is the one that's going to go out there and potentially give you the most opportunity yeah. to win football games. So, you know, and after a disappointing season last year, I would, I would say that, you know, look, that's what you need to build off of. You need to build off of that hope. And 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 you know, rolling with Baker as week one starter, you know, probably is going to give you that. Now, you know, and, and and at the same time, you know, Sam Darnold is good enough, I would say, to at least keep Baker on his toes and and, and not yes, necessarily yeah. sit there and rest on his laurels that like yeah. I can make mistakes yeah. and my job's not
0: going to get. I can yes just to... coast and right, I can exactly. I'll start. So all year long. I think right.
1: that you know, there's at least that. So you know, unlike other situations in the NFL, you know. It, he does have to kind of look over his shoulder at least yeah. slightly. Right. So I think in that regard, I mean, you know, look again, it's not surprising, um, you know, but it, it certainly is going to ramp up that speculation about, you know, week one and people are going to want to tune in and they're oh. going to buy their NFL Sunday ticket packages just yeah. so they can see what, you know, that's what's going to go down and you know, how Baker's going to perform with this new team and you know, against his old team. And yeah, yeah man, it's, there it is. What do you think, dude?
0: Um, I yeah, I I'm I'm glad they made this decision. I didn't really think they needed to stretch it out. This all this last week, like they did. You know, yeah, after, yeah, yeah. after that preseason game, the coach was like, "Yeah, we're gonna continue to evaluate both guys, and you know, there's no there's no guaranteed starter yet, and everything." It was, it's kind of like, all right, Baker started the game. Both yeah. quarterbacks did what they did. Nobody did anything spectacular. Nobody played badly. So right. it was kind of like. I think we know what we're doing here. Why don't you just go ahead and name the starter? The last thing you want to do is drag this out. You get sure. to be the la- that final week before the season. That's where you're just you're getting your preparation in for that team. I think Cotton just just knowing who the guy is going to yeah. be. So your your first teamers are set. You want that. Like yeah. you don't yeah. you don't want to drag a competition out right up to the very end. So it's good for them. Just get it out of the way. Like you said, you're playing the Browns in week one. This guy had a very public and messy divorce from yeah. the Browns. It was very clear. Both sides, you know, as much as the Browns and, and their people wanted to paint Baker as, as basically a little kid and a brat and all these things. Cleveland acted the same way during the whole breakup. They yeah, were little yeah. kids, too, about it. So right. it was like it was a messy, in-the-public breakup here. Like, for a guy yeah. that already played with a chip on his shoulder, now, I mean, you weren't, like... Like to your point, you were really you're going to say play Sam Darnold against his former team? No way. You were right. always. If there right. was one game to start this guy all year long, it's playing against yeah. the Browns. Yeah. And Deshaun Watson's not going to be playing, so right. you get to go against a backup. You know Baker is going to be fired up for yeah. this. You know it. Everybody knows it. Like you said, uh, you know I'm going to be intrigued by this game just for mm-hmm. this. I mean, you know mm-hmm. Cleveland still has aspirations. They have a really good roster. Yeah. So if they can get through, I guess that eleven game hump, you never know what right. what you know. I think they feel like they're a playoff team, no doubt about right. it. They have the talent that way, so we'll see what happens. But and, and Carolina is kind of like they're they're in the middle down there. That division, Tampa's good, but Atlanta and New Orleans have major question marks. So right. you know you you very well should be could be. Competing for one of those three wild card spots, I think. So for Carolina, it just makes sense. Star yep. Baker, you know, uh, you're gonna get this guy fired up, in the most focused version of him you're sure. probably ever gonna get for that first game. Yeah. And if you can get a win, imagine that. You know, just imagine that, and that, uh, you know, locker room going into that locker room afterward, and you know, Baker getting that win, the the team getting the win for sure. him. I could see it as almost a galvanizing thing for them right off the bat. You know, if they lose, it's the season's not lost or anything like right. that, you know, but I, I think the this the, the benefit from starting him is far more than not. Yes. Yep, I agree. You know, especially yeah, yeah. if you manage to win that game. Right, I mean, it sets Caroline up to go in a totally different trajectory. So yeah. good move. not you know, no need to drag it out any longer, yeah. but now, who would have thought, Mikey, the Panthers and Browns would be must-see week one TV right? for the NFL season? Yeah, yeah right. Um, but, dude, staying with the NFL here, you know, <laughs> this yep. past weekend, we got some really interesting uh, tidbits that came out. Some is it, More than tidbits, really kind of juicy stuff here Yeah. from yeah. Dana White, of all people. Yeah, yeah UFC boss Dana yeah. White doing a, a telecast there this past weekend. Basically said that he had helped broker a deal before 2020 uh-huh, okay. that was going to bring, you know, uh, Tom Brady and Gronkowski right. yeah. to the Raiders of all teams, Mikey, and right. and this was actually supported by none other than Rob Gronkowski, who was part of that telecast, who basically said, yeah, that's how it happened. Uh, but you know, a certain uh, former Raiders head coach, Don Gruden, apparently put the Knicks on that deal. Uh-huh. Uh, but dude, this is fascinating. This came out that that Tom Brady, TB12, was almost a Raider dude in Gronk too. Uh, they were almost playing in Vegas. What do you think of this, man? I mean, yeah. that's uh, uh, very surprising. I don't know. I mean,
1: I, I yeah, I I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think that it's all much ado about nothing. I, I mean, you know, <laughs> at enough, this point, yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, granted. If you're, if you're a Raiders fan or, or whatever, you know, maybe you think that, okay, well, maybe we could have, you know, won that Super Bowl, you know, in the same way that, you know, Tampa Bay won their sure. Super Bowl. So, you know, maybe you look at this like, ah, oh, damn, we would have been that much closer to, to winning everything. But, you know, I, I mean, look, it, it's um, – and, and look, that would have followed in line with, you know, uh, Tom Brady's kind of, you know, history of being, you know, not necessarily the most well-liked player. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, oh, Yeah. Um, you know, going to the Raiders or going to, like, the Cowboys or something like that probably would have been up there in terms of, like, people just hating them that much more, right? Like, yeah, people already don't necessarily like New England outside of New England. And yeah, then, you yeah. know, for him to go to one of those franchises, I think, you know, would have just, you know, I, I mean, I don't think Tom Brady would have cared, but I, I think that everybody else would have, you know, certainly played into that more so. Sure. I, I mean, you know... It is what it is. Like at this point, yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's fun to talk about, you know, what could have been. But at the end sure. of the day, that's not the case. You know yeah, what I mean? And right, it didn't totally. happen. And you know, I mean, who would have thought that? You know, the the head guy of the UFC is the one that's brokering a deal allegedly to, to get right. Tom Brady. Yeah, know, to the yeah. Raiders.
0: Um,
1: so yeah, I, I mean, it's it's I don't know. It's interesting to kind of think about and kind of envision what Tom Brady would look like in the silver sure. and black. But right, I mean, at the end of the day.
0: He's rocking a bus jersey, so it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter, dude. You know, the what fascinating, but not surprised that John Gruden nicks the deal, right? right? I mean, two you would have had Tom Brady and, and Gruden, by all accounts, two guys with pretty big egos. Yeah. And the the maybe the most interesting thing out of all of that is when you go back to the whole start of The Patriots' dynasty, the the very start of Tom Brady getting the opportunity to be Tom Brady, Uh it goes all the way back to that Tuck Rule game. And in New England, before New England went to their first Super Bowl and upset the Rams, they were beaten on their home field in a snowstorm by John Gruden and the Raiders. Um, The game was over. Raiders recovered a fumble. Tuck Rule, the only season the Tuck Rule existed, the only time it was ever overturned to play, The officials go they take a look at it no it's the tuck rule you know tom brady wasn't actually uh fumbling the football he was he was you know faking uh to throw a pass or whatever incomplete pass patriots get another opportunity they end up scoring winning the game on a field goal end up going on to the super bowl in the locker room after the game john Grun says to the raider players they're never going to let you guys win a super bowl sorry that's how it is this league's not going to let you do it the next year he was in tampa bay Playing the Raiders in the Super Bowl and, of yeah. course, wins. So, you know John Gruden has a lot of bitterness going back to that game. Sure. So, Good you know, point. for him to just open his arms and welcome that guy, the, the whole yeah. tuck rule and everything, when, you know, he fell vehemently. And a lot of people, including myself, feel like the Raiders should have been in the Super Bowl that year. Uh, not, not taking any weight. Thomas had a great career since then. But that particular one, yeah. how it all started... It's just funny the 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 backstory there. Sure. Like, no, there's no way in hell John Gruden would have ever been like, yeah, let's get Tom Brady. Uh-uh. Right. not gonna yeah. happen. Yeah, Gruden's a quarterback guru guy anyway. I think he loved the opportunity to work with the, with Derek Carr yeah. and be able to mentor him and try yeah. to get him to a new level. That never would have happened. Um, but it's a it's a funny story. Yeah. Like, all right, Dana White. Like, I, I I guess it must have been a slow telecast for UFC. I don't know. Right, I mean, right. You know. It's the, that was also a couple years ago. So it's like, yeah. hang on to that in your back pocket right. for like two years and not let right. that sneak out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea how that, that one yeah. didn't slip out. but
1: hey. Yeah, I'm um, with you, dude.
0: I'm with you. Interesting, man. But I'm with you. Nothing. I'm not going to make too much out of that. But Kay. like you said, Tom ended up with a Bucks jersey and they won a Super Bowl. And like Rock said, um, it worked out for the best for them Correct. anyway. And honestly, for the Raiders, look. They they never would have got Devontae Adams and right. all the excitement they have going into this season right. ever if that would have happened. So who knows? Uh, but it's interesting. You know, one other thing, NFL wise, talking about Tom's old team, the yeah. the uh, New England Patriots, Mikey. They uh, they apparently are taking a very interesting approach to their coaching um, right now. So obviously Josh McDaniels left to take that yep. Raiders job, Correct. and all kinds of Raiders Patriots connections yeah. here going on, but. You know, the young offensive coordinator for... And apparently the Patriots didn't have, like, a plan of progression in place, even right. though a couple years ago he took the Colts job and then quickly didn't take it, right, you know, to right. come back. So uh, the the Patriots are, uh, you know, reportedly rolling with Matt Patricia and a offensive coordinator by committee. Now, Matt Patricia got started offensively but became a defensive coordinator for them had a brief stint where he was coaching the, the Lions, but was taking care of the defensive part of things. Now he's switching over to the offense. In today's NFL, I know a lot of people are finding this to be real fascinating. I've right. heard some you know, NFL insiders that have apparently asked around the league, and, and a lot of people around the league, front office types and other coaches, are kind of fascinated by this themselves yeah. and are kind of like, okay, we're going to keep an eye on this from a distance. What do you think of this, man? I mean, you know, you got Belichick up there. You've got a a quarterback coming into his second season. How is this helping with Mac Jones' development? I don't know, man. This is interesting. Yeah, dude. um, I mean, I like, I guess, I get the,
1: I guess at this point, like, you know, with Bill Belichick, it's hard. It's kind of like Greg Popovich, right? Like, it doesn't. You're coaching, you know, you have your coaching tree and guys go on to to get head coaching gigs and, you know, you're still able to maintain some level of consistency or success or whatever. I mean, well, maybe not the last few seasons for the Spurs, but, you know... I mean, Bill Belichick's been around long enough that maybe he gets the benefit of the doubt slightly. Yeah. The problem is, is that you've got a young team that's trying to build off of what you accomplished last season and going ten and seven or whatever it was, and and you know making it to the playoffs and losing in the first round to to the Bills. But you know, I, I mean, I think this whole idea of offensive coordinator by committee, when you have a guy that's you know his claim to fame at least the last you know five plus years or whatever has been defense and then you've also got another guy was it joe jacobs i think his name is who's the former head coach of the giants oh Joe judge all right joe. they brought him yeah, back yeah, yeah, go, uh, yeah you know special he, teams guy yeah right? special teams guys so you know you got two guys that aren't exactly offensive gurus or offensive minded type guys i mean yeah. you hinted on patricia being a former offensive guy but again his claim to fame has been defense, defense i mean yeah. You know, in in some of those successful Patriots runs, you know, in the later Brady years, he was the architect of that, which is why he had so much, you know, going for him as a potential head coach, right? Right. And then he went to Detroit and that fell apart. But not necessarily to his fault, although he'd said some things, whatever. But that's beside the point. Sure. You know, he comes back. I I don't know, man. I just don't think that this is going to be a good situation for, you know, Mac Jones. I I don't think this is going to be a good situation I think at the end of the day, Belichick doesn't care.
0: Yeah. He, he's <laughs> going to go
1: out there and... He's going to do know, what he wants to do, and, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, I, I just... I don't know if I'm a young play caller, you know, and I've got two people over there. How, how are they splitting? Is it like each gets two downs and, you know, whatever? Right. Like yeah. How, how do they do the play calling there? Um, you know, what? I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. I think at the end of the day, eventually someone's going to get fade into the background. And 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 one guy's voice is going to be heard more so than the other. I just don't. You can't have too many chefs. You need two chefs in there, man. And and you know, I think that's um, a good point. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see how that's going to be successful, regardless of who the head
0: coach is. Fair enough, Mikey. I think you make some good points. You know, you know, both of these guys when they did have head coaching stance, and granted, you're overlooking everything, but. Detroit did not have a particularly good offense. The Giants struggled offensively with Joe Judge as their coach. Yeah, no, yeah. Granted, both of those teams experienced injuries as well while sure. all those guys were, were there. And and not to mention they were trying to turn those both of those franchises around, essentially. Still are. I mean, yeah. you know, both of those franchises still trying to turn it around. But it's interesting that you got a couple guys, like you said, that are... Um, you know uh, doing the cooking but when they were off on their own didn't really have great results when they right. decided to try and bake something themselves so yeah. now you're throwing them together you have a young quarterback who who did very well last year with yeah. Josh McDaniels in that pairing it's just going to be interesting you know the Patriots were were very good defensively last year um, so I, I kind I, I guess I could see how they would go hey you know what I, Belichick, you know, I'm going to continue to take care of the defense if we can improve on that defense, which for like the first 12 weeks of last year was the number one defense in the yeah. league. They were playing very, very good. But the problem is is, is that division and, and the, the Bills are a very good football team and they are very good defensively. And the last time that you guys met, you got a historical beatdown in the playoffs by them. Yeah. Um, and that was when you had Josh McDaniels there to do your game plan. Miami, good defense. Now, they went offensively with their coach, so it's going to be in all of their offseason stuff went into the offense. So we'll see if that defense is as good as it has been because former head coach Brian Flores was a defensive guy. So will Miami be as good as they were the last couple years because they have a pretty good defense on paper going in this year? And then the Jets are the Jets, but my point is you've already got four games right there on the schedule against teams that are going to be very good defensively, that are very familiar with you. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's an interesting approach to be taking with a young quarterback who just had a really good first season, and I mean, I guess you would think that they're doing something that in their mind is going to work out the best for him and Mm -hmm. his development. It's going to be fascinating to see how this plays out. The Patriots play a little bit tougher schedule, of course, being in the playoffs last year. So um, we'll keep an eye on this one, Mikey. I have a feeling at some point during the season we're going to be coming back and and, uh, maybe having at least a brief conversation about how things are going offensively in New England. I agree. I agree. Hey, my friend, we made it through some great NFL stuff. I think we'll take a quick segment break when we come back. Your boy, your boy LeBron, signed an extension, dude. We've got some NBA stuff to hit on. All right. We'll be right back after this, guys. Welcome back, everybody, Balls and Beards Podcast Season 2, Episode 26. We're moving right along, as always, here, of course, Mikey and I went through The big news in the NFL, we talked to Sean Watson, Tom Brady almost being a Raider. You know, the Panthers, Baker Mayfield, and the uh, offensive coordinator by committee up in New England. Mikey, now it's time to go over to the NBA this past week. Big news for your Lakers, of course. LeBron James did sign an extension with the Lakers here. It's a two-year extension, a third-year player option included in there with with the current deal that's already going on, of course. So. Uh Uh, the deal is worth 97.1 million, although yep. I I believe it could be worth more than that to, to, based on the salary cap and how that goes over the next couple of years. So, uh, but this has not necessarily been uh, met with uh, universal acclaim. There's been a lot of criticism, I uh, uh, you know, uh, with this deal. So, Mikey, as a Lakers fan, of course. I'm interested to get your take as always. You know, of course, LeBron's going to turn 38 in December. Uh-huh. He's had some injury issues the last couple of seasons. Correct. So I think there's uh, there's a lot to unpack maybe than what first meets the eye with this deal. Well, Mikey, is a Lakers fan, how do you feel about this extension and uh, the money that will be wrapped up in, in King James over the next couple of years?
1: You know, initially I was like, all right, cool. You know, we we, we locked up. You know, a, a guy that's, um, you know, been in the face of the NBA for, you know... Man, 20 years 20 now, years, yeah. just about, <laughs> right? Um, you know, and, and whatnot. And it's like, you know, anytime the last, you know, decade plus, you know, anytime LeBron James is on the floor, you've got an opportunity to win basketball games and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. When you start to really kind of delve into it and think about this critically... You know, I, it, it makes me really kind of feel mediocre about it, I guess, is the best okay. way I could describe it, um, you know, to tie up. like this isn't this isn't um, Dirk Nowitzki coming into his last, you know, couple seasons with the Dallas Mavericks, right? Right, yeah. This isn't Kobe Bryant signing a two-year $48 million extension with the Lakers after spending 17, 18 seasons, you know, with the Lakers and, and rupturing his Achilles and, and then coming back, and you're not right, necessarily right. sure. You you have had five championships with Kobe, like you know you
0: playoff runs hear, every hear, other he's, year, he, yeah. Yeah.
1: Traded for him back in '96. He's only been with you. He is, you know, the Mamba, like you know he 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 is the Lakers. Yeah. You know, no, you're talking Kobe, about yeah. a guy that you know Richard Jefferson recently was talking about. There's no way LeBron James is an all-time great Laker. I mean, yeah. you know, he's he's not in that conversation. All-time great player, possibly the greatest of all time. Absolutely. Sure. Uh, but when it comes to the the pantheon of and the cornucopia of of Laker greats, LeBron doesn't necessarily like fit that bill, there,
0: my friend. And I agree right? with you. I've heard uh, a lot of this from other folks too that yeah. have said the same thing this past. You know, week. I mean, yeah. he's
1: played for the Lakers for four seasons. Yeah. He's made the playoffs only twice. Yeah. Uh, one of the times, yes, went to win a championship in a season that a lot of people are saying you know suspect given the the bubble and you know all that kind of stuff. I mean, at the end of the day, if the if it counts for the league, it counts for me. But yeah, you it, know, it's, uh, a it's a championship. I, I get where
0: people come uh, from with that. But
1: that. you know, I mean, heck, if the Spurs no longer have an asterisk next to their, you know, ninety-nine championship, you know, in a lockout season, then the Lakers still—they, it still counts. I agree. Uh, yep. But you know, you you look at the the drubbing that they they you know suffered at the hands of you know the Phoenix Suns a couple seasons ago, uh, after Anthony Davis got hurt and you know all that kind of stuff. You know, the Lakers have been mediocre. You know, the last couple seasons, LeBron's played about 50-some-odd games. He's missed, you know, 20, 30 games. Yeah, that's right. So you're paying an exorbitant amount of money for a guy that's probably healthy for, you know, 50, 60 games of the season, regardless yeah. of how much yeah. money he puts into his body. You know, I don't. I, you can have all the promotional videos the Lakers want to throw out there, or LeBron wants to throw out there, or all these kinds of things. You know, you could throw out the the Drew League video of him, you know, uh, dunking sure. on on guys that are, you know, amateurs. Um, right. All you want doesn't matter. It doesn't it? Doesn't prepare you for the rigorous season that the NBA is. Um, and, and and look, I think this, and this isn't hasn't been brought up. I haven't heard about this. Didn't really think about it until just now. But look, LeBron James is chasing greatness, and greatness in a sense of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's scoring record okay yeah he is a season or two away from breaking that record guess who holds that record i just said it. Kareem yeah Abdul-Jabbar.
0: yeah a
1: laker great Laker great yeah absolutely. imagine if lebron laker yeah breaks that record in a laker, a, in jersey. A laker jersey and a, and a, right. and a record yeah. i might add that kareem is very in support of in terms totally. of him breaking yeah that. yeah he's, he's yeah. been very, he's very, very adamant so. about like hey look yeah. you know um uh, I want him to break this record. Records are made to be broken, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's great for the game. It's, it's you know, all these kinds of things. The Lakers don't want to see somebody else break that or see LeBron break that record wearing a Cavaliers jersey.
0: Yeah, I can Or a different that. jersey. Yeah, yeah. So
1: they want to see him break that record in a Lakers uniform. The, yeah. The, the history there. Sure. The Lakers are very big on that history. The Lakers are very big on that legacy type stuff. And so I think that that's a big reason why they did this. It has nothing to do with what kind of basketball they're going to play. I mean, the fact that LeBron can average 25 points a game. I mean, hell, he averaged damn near 30 points a game this last season.
0: Right. One of his highest
1: scoring averages of his career thus far. So, you know, if he can do that consistently, then yeah, he's going to break the record. Um, And at this point, the Lakers don't care about if they're competing for a championship. They're going to say that. Yeah. They're they're, going to make that claim. But at the end of the day, I think this has these bigger, you know, bigger uh, implications. Uh, I don't particularly like it. Um, I think that, Twofold. One of them is, if LeBron doesn't get this extension, next season the Lakers would have had 70 million, I think it is, in cap space.
0: Yes. They yeah. would have
1: had the ability to yep. retool their roster. They would have been able to, whether they keep Westbrook or not, they would have had the ability to, to you know, get off of Westbrook and go out there and, you know, make trades or, or, or you know... At that point you don't even have to at seventy million dollars in cap space you don't even have to trade players really you can absorb contracts so yeah. you can trade for guys yeah. and take on their contracts yeah. with leBron James now being in the fold for this kind of money you're you're strapping yourself and then on top of that and, and you brought this up is that you know if you're leBron james you've already made you' you know you're the highest paid player in terms of like money that you that's been made in in the history of the game i believe.
0: Yes, so, it's somewhere over like five hundred million dollars. Yeah, it's like five hundred thirty million dollars salary. or something yeah. like that.
1: Like yep. he's made the most money of any Correct. NBA player ever. If you were truly committed to winning championships and chasing Michael Jordan for that elusive sixth ring, etc., etc., in addition to chasing Kareem, yeah, why wouldn't you give money back to the Lakers?
0: Yes, and yes. and and.
1: Play for thirty million dollars yeah. and free up twenty million for the Lakers to be able to go out there and sign A, more than just peripheral, yeah, you know, An, an, role an actual players. impact player. Correct. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I think I, that's I, fair. I think that that's especially when you know you're coming into the, you're not in the your prime.
0: You're no, post prime. Oh no, yeah, you're post prime. So
1: I don't know. I I, I think that um, it, it just. I mean, the Lakers are so desperate to stay relevant, especially when you have, you know, the Clippers that are, you know, really vying for, you know, fandom in L.A. That's true, And yes. are probably going, they're definitely going into this next season, regardless of what the Lakers roster, barring some, you know, freakish, you know, trades that Rob Polanco magically pulls out of his butt. Like, <laughs> you know, um, the Clippers are going to be the favorites to win Battle of L.A., yeah. Uh, they're probably going to be up there in the top five teams on paper, uh, you know, to win, the, win it all
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. for a lot of
1: people, given that Kawhi's coming back healthy I, and I Paul agree. George yeah. is coming back healthy yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, the Lakers are going to be mediocre at this point. You know, barring even if perfect health and a seamless, you know, Russell Westbrook going in there and being able to play the role that Darvin Ham has envisioned for him, and you run the offense through a mostly healthy Anthony Davis. Even then, with the Phoenix Suns the way that they are, the, the Clippers, uh, the defending champs, Golden State Warriors, um, you know the Memphis Grizzlies, um, you know you, 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 the Dallas Mavericks, the, the the Timberwolves. You look at these Western Conference teams, and you know the Lakers are they're vying for a play-in spot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, really, and, and yeah. once
1: again, you know, you're not talking about the favorites to win the West. You're talking about a team that's vying for a play-in spot. You look at the Pelicans, you know, you run down the roster of Western Conference teams, you know, Mike Brown now being the head coach of, of the Sacramento Kings. Great point. The potential of them trying to now vie for, you know, a playoff spot or a play-in spot. You know, the Lakers now, they're going to have to catch lightning in a bottle. Their defense is going to have to return to what it was previously under Frank Vogel yeah. with a rookie coach. I don't know, man. It's just its a lot to tie into one player. Yeah. And then to sit there, and I know it's going to come out of Rob Palenka's mouth that we play for excellence and we play for championships and, and then we're going to strap ourselves to one guy that's going to be 41 years old yeah. and we're going to pay him $50 million.
0: Cool, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, M- Mikey, you know, I, I think that was, uh, you made some great points, dude. And, you know, I, I I you being a Lakers fan, I could totally see how you're basically like, eh, I'm kind of like, eh, okay with the deal, in yeah. the middle, like you, know, like you said. Um, at Kind of at first, I was like, all right, it seems like a a, a good thing. And, and you know, and, and I think when we had texted originally, it was like, all right, now you don't have to worry about that Correct. going into next month Correct. and everything, which is good. Uh, but, you know, as we start kind of going through the details a little bit, you start looking at that, that player option at the end. It is clear that kind of all those grumblings from earlier last season that came out that, you know, hey, uh, LeBron's going to be looking for basically to make sure he can get Bronny in the league and so on and so yeah. forth. All of that stuff's on the table because now you're looking at that, that that player option at the end of this where you I could totally see it, LeBron going, to Laker front office, okay, I'm going to pick it up, but only if you guys draft Le- Bronny or right. Bronny's here or whatever. Yeah. If not, decline the option. I go out. I package my – the package deal, LeBron and Bronny, to whoever wants to draft right. Bronny. LeBron's going to sign and whatever. I mean, I could totally see that happening. So right. it's like you said, how much are we are, you, are we actually trying to win that championship? Because if this move was coupled with a Russell Westbrook trade right. – where we could now go, okay, this is what the Lakers are trying to do for next season. This is how they're going to go about improving their roster right. and winning a championship. Then, yeah, but right now, all this has done is exactly what you said. It is tied up almost $100 million in a guy that's got a ton of miles on it. And I know LeBron is obviously still played at a very high level yep. last year, but to your point, it's still only going to be probably 50 games a year. I mean... With his age and the amount of minutes, the amount of mileage that's on that body, look at some point, you can have the you could have a nice Porsche laying around, Mikey, and yep. you could continue to put all kinds of money into it. But mm-hmm. if that Porsche has three hundred and fifty thousand miles on yep. it, you're only gonna get so much performance Correct. out of it. No matter what shiny bells and whistles you continue to attach to it or whatever it is. All that mileage, it, yeah. it, it, at some point, that's just how it's going to be. I think that's where out we're, we're at with LeBron. Inevitably, yeah. you know, he <laughs> he is a great player, but with all that mileage for his career, I don't know. It, it's very tough for him to be able to play at the the level right. that. And, and we saw it last year where he can just solely carry a team to a championship. Right. That's done. You know, I, we talked about it before we hit record, but. You know, you made a good point. We both read the same article, Bill Plaschke, who's covered the the Lakers forever, LA Times writer forever, he had some really kind of pointed things to say about it, but a couple of his quotes were, um, you know, it first assumes that James is still capable of leading a team to a full season championship. The truth is that he is not, end quote. And then another one, furthermore, um, you know, he kind of cited his recent injury history, of course, and then... Mm -hmm. The new extension has proof that LeBron James, not Jeannie Buss, nor Rob Palinka, nor the Rambi, which I love how he, re- I like that, the Rambi. yeah, I just yeah. <laughs> I like that term, yeah, uh, who actually runs the organization. You know, so the, the second quote was, nonetheless, this extension does undoubtedly prove that James shares one trait with previous Lakers stars. James seemingly runs the team, which could be problematic when he reaches the player option portion of his contract between the 2024 season. That article kind of goes on to state how Clutch Sports has signed 13. I've um, had 13 players signed by the Lakers since 2018. A lot of those have fizzed out, you know, um, and most notably, sometimes a Clutch player has taken a roster spot versus a different player that was showing the door, who has went on and, and um, played at a higher level and been a better contributor for other teams. So, and we've talked about this previously too. So. You know, not to go too far into it or beat it to death. But so this, you know, Mikey, I will ask you point yeah. blank then. Uh, so is LeBron and Clutch Sports running the Lakers? Or is Rob Polinka running the Lakers? I'm, I'm curious. I mean, I, I,
1: think, I, I think at this point it's a symbiotic relationship. what <laughs> it seems like, right? I, I mean, I, really I think does. that, um, you know, yeah, LeBron gets his friends in Clutch Sports, you know, signed to the roster. And, you know, Rob Polinka and Frank Ram- or Kurt Rambis and you know all those other people can spin it and you know and that they're, they're gonna help and look the bottom line is is that you know you look at the moves that they made this season so far and you know obviously when we get closer to the season we'll, we'll dive into the roster moves a little bit more but when sure. you look at Bonnie Walker when you look at Juan Toscano Anderson you look at some of the guys that they have signed you know they they did do what they set out to do initially which was you know they went out they got Got younger younger, and and they got guys that were maybe a little bit more versatile and sure you know you look at the way that guys like wayne gabriel gabriel played last season uh you know stanley johnson you look at guys that came in and guarded multiple positions provided energy um there was a really good article that i read this this week about you know juan toscano anderson and that even though his stats don't jump off the stat sheet you know, in terms of like mind-boggling stats, you know, he was for for a large part of his success with the Golden State Warriors, he was an energy guy. He came in and he guarded multiple positions. In fact, statistically, he he does guard multiple positions very well. Yeah. Um, and you know, he does a lot of blue-collar type work, and so you know, that's what the Lakers kind of lacked last season. He had a lot of old guys. That, that didn't want to bang up their knees and dive on the floor and stuff like that. So we need those kinds of guys. Yeah, so we totally. need those guys yeah, to play yeah. alongside Anthony Davis and, and Westbrook and sure. you know, potentially and, and James. So I will give credit there. But you know, again, we've been sitting on you know whether or not the Lakers are going to make a deal and trade Westbrook or, or trade you know with Indiana yeah. or trade with Brooklyn or what have you. And you know, to some degree, you know, to continue on with this LeBron James conversation. You know, there was kind of, Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka have kind of hinted at, like, there's moves coming down the pipeline. Okay, well, yeah. cool. We've gotten this one over and done with. This LeBron one's done now. James though. is now yeah, yeah. locked up. we got that. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, now we're, we're waiting yeah. for that uh, proverbial other shoe to drop, and it still hasn't dropped. So, yeah. you know, I, I think that's where it's kind of like, you know, to, to what you was just said a little bit ago, you know, okay, you got this one locked up. If there's another deal to be had, and that is trading Westbrook and getting Buddy Healed and Miles Turner, or you know Kyrie Irving, which we're going to get to in a minute, like sure. you know, and this is a good segue into that. But you know, the fact is, is that if, if it's tied to another deal that that helps us get potentially a little bit younger uh, and gives us a couple more pieces, then great. Uh, you know, there there was rumor that possibly him agreeing to this extension came with the caveat that. You know, those two draft picks would be included in a trade to help us, you know, win now and, you know, potentially sure, for the sure. future kind of a thing. Then great, but we're still waiting for that. Yeah. And again, you know, no one's going to give the Lakers a handout. No one, no one's nope. going to sit there and, and no, no, no. Yeah. allow LeBron James and allow the Lakers to, you know, kind of, you know, waltz their way into a potential another championship. So there's got to be work to be had. And it can't just be like, well, we're the Lakers. It, yeah. it just it can't exist. So, yeah, dude, I I uh, it it I don't know. A- again, it, it's just I think it's it's symbiotic. I think it's mutually beneficial. LeBron James, you know, we were talking about it before hitting record. The the Golden State Warriors have the most nationally televised game. The next team behind them is the Lakers by only one game. they they they, they didn't tie. Golden State Warriors have one more nationally televised game than the Lakers do. So when you're the Lakers, regardless of who's are I mean, this is evident by even in the in the, in the the Kobe, Smush Parker, Chris Mim days. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, they were still on national TV, yeah, they were. so it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Granted, Kobe was good at, at that point. You know, he's coming into the twilight, but he was still Kobe. Yeah. Same thing with LeBron, right? Yeah, So, sure. um, you know, the league's good when the Lakers are on TV and they're at least remotely successful. And whether they're good, bad, or ugly, people talk about it. It's oh, good for totally, the league, man. It, yeah, I so, agree. So, and that's what I'm saying. 100%. It's like mutually yeah. beneficial. The LeBron James jerseys are still going to sell out. They're totally. still going to, you know, be worn by by people across America, and 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 that's that's what's good for the league. So again, it's mutually beneficial. If you go into a season outside of next year and LeBron isn't on your roster, guess what? Now probably there's not as, there's not 19,000 fans in Staples Center when I would agree with you know, that. the yeah, Charlotte yeah, totally, Hornets totally, come man. to town yeah, right yeah, like it's enough, just yeah, not going to happen. Yeah. I so mean. it's mutually beneficial. All
0: right. All right. Fair
1: enough. Whether good for basketball <laughs> and good for winning championships is another story entirely. <laughs> right, right. But it's mutually
0: beneficial. So to your to what you hinted on and yeah. and like like you said this kind of does make a great segue because yes. now well, like you and I both said, hey, all right, you got the extension done. We'd like it even more if this was coupled with a trade. Correct. So we I actually are going to try and, you know, stick to that commitment to excellence and winning a championship. And, um, it, but it seems like that window is closing quickly. Yeah. Because I don't historically remember a lot of big deals happening in September. Right. NBA-wise. That's yep. a summertime thing. By September, you're usually just rounding out the roster. Correct reevaluating your summer league, what rookies are going to be on the team, mm-hmm. who you're really looking at in camp, not trying to put together the, the uh, meat and potatoes of your roster, so right. to speak, and your philosophy. So, um, you know, now there's been reports Kyrie and the Nets are... Basically, uh, you know, they're they're committed to each other for this year. Right. Uh, maybe this uh, this Kyrie to the Lakers, which seemed like a foregone conclusion a month, five, six weeks ago, oh yeah, actually is isn't going to happen. Right. So, Mikey, what can you tell us a little bit about that? What's going on with Kyrie and the Nets? I, I, now we're we're a happy couple again? Everything's great. We I mean, it seems like it, there, it,
1: it, it. It seems like uh, you know they're a happy couple. Uh, you know, I I think that. Look, I mean, I, I, if, if you're Kyrie and, you know, you have the the ability to now run this team more so, especially if KD gets traded, then, you know, great. You, you hold the power, right? Yeah, right, um, right. So I, I, I'm not surprised that he'd be like, yeah, I'm good with it. Yeah, like, You right, know, whatever. Yeah, sure. Um, so, I, again, it, you know, when it comes to, we've talked about this in past episodes, I think from the Lakers perspective, Give up on Kyrie. Like, just give up. If yeah, you've I got other deals out there, pivot to those other deals. Yeah. There, if, other if, deals. If, yeah. If, if allegedly the hang-up was Indiana wanted both draft picks for, for that deal, and, you know, you're not willing, you're, you know, Kyrie's off the table, but you're willing to give him up now that you've locked up LeBron to this extension, then give him up and get Buddy Heald and yeah. Miles Turner and let's move on with our lives. Totally. Um, You know, but this is just another case of, like, you know, it's great for the NBA, and it's great for, you know, all, all of the sports writers and the insiders and stuff like that to have these conversations and to, to talk about things on podcasts and to write about them on the internets and stuff like that. You know, but at the end of the day, it just boils down to there's a whole hell of a lot of smoke and not a lot of fire. Yeah, right. Yep. And, yep. you know, yes, when you're talking about big names and you're talking about big names getting moved... Like, yeah, I mean, especially guys that you didn't necessarily consider going into the offseason were going to even be available. Right. Yeah, that, that, that makes for good conversation. Um, but at the end of the day, like, you also have the situation where you, you've got an owner in Jeannie Bus saying, well, we got more stuff coming. You got Rob Polinka sitting there talking about, we got more stuff coming. Well, guess what? It's been about a month now, and outside of LeBron signing, Nothing's coming. Nothing's
0: coming. And by all
1: accounts, once again, there's just further evidence that Kyrie's not going anywhere. Now, this could very well be also, you know, I mean, to my own point, this could also be the handlers, you know, and, and the powers that be within the Nets organization, say, you know, daring another team to up your ante somehow, yeah, right? Yeah, like if the Lakers yeah. have been reluctant yeah. to add that second pick, they're waiting for that second pick. If The Lakers haven't offered it, then offer it. If they have offered it, and the, the Nets are, you know, saying, and that's all you can do, then guess what? Lakers move on, yeah, move on from
0: it and either commit to Westbrook, yeah, yeah,
1: or make another yes, trade and I find agree. something I agree. else happen.
0: I agree. So
1: again, you're 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 coming into you know, and there's been this talk about the 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 training camp is the soft deadline for trading Westbrook and. You know, all this other kind of stuff. Well, I think if you're Darvin Ham and, at this point, a non-existing coaching staff. Yeah. Like, you know, I think it's Phil Handy and nobody else. I, I, I mean, I don't even know. They haven't even announced other uh, assistant coaches. So, you know, do you really want to go into a training camp with <laughs> yeah. a fresh young, you know, for a, with a fresh coaching staff, unfamiliar with the roster, with other new guys? Yeah. And, and I, there's just so much problematic yeah. stuff with this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That um, I I I think it's bad. I I don't think it's a good look, um, you know. And um, I, I I just I would love to get paid that kind of money to sit around on my hands and not do anything and, and I tease know, right? fans, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. and then not have yeah. anything come you know come true. So anything. So yeah. I don't know, man. I, I look. If the Nets and, and Kyrie Irving are good, then they're good. And, and you know, at least on paper, with or without Durant, or depending on what they get for Durant, uh, you know, or a play-in team, possibly bubble playoff
0: team. I would agree, In yeah. the Eastern yeah. Conference, I, especially I if Kyrie
1: so. can play yep. the entire season yeah. and he's right. remotely yes. healthy, right. then, yes, right. I, I do think that the Nets have something to be, you know, to be had there. Um, but beyond that, like, you know... It, the Lakers seem to be the only team interested. That doesn't seem to be the case. It doesn't seem there, there's ongoing conversation. So, let's just make this a non-story.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And unless so, something changes, they we've moved on. Over. We pivot. We went yeah. a different direction. And and let's do that. Yep. Yeah, man. I I agree. I agree. I think you move forward from here. Um, especially. Uh, I mean, um, again, and, and I guess what else are these two supposed to do, right? I mean, right. if if. if uh, if there are no takers or the Nets really don't like the offers the, that whatever offer's been yeah. offered from the Lakers, then that's what you have to do. I mean, you have to commit to each other. He picked up his player option. I mean, it's, I, you can't be like, Oh yeah, we don't like the guy, but we're going to bring right. him back anyway. Or, you know, yeah, I'm not committed to the Nets at all, even though I picked up my extension and there's yeah. no other team that wants me. I mean, no of course you gotta, they're, they're going to make that seem like it's going to work. And, it, and I mean, it should. I think you're right. You know, if you do go ahead and you make a deal for Durant, you should get enough back and talent that you should be still relevant at least, sure. pushing for some kind of playoff spot, play-in mm-hmm. tournament spot. I mean, I, you would think that, that it really doesn't get much worse than last year, which was play-in tournament, get swept in the opening round of the playoffs. I mean, you know, I would think they're going to be in line for that. Mm-hmm no matter what happens, mm-hmm. whether you bring KD back or you trade for him, whatever comes back in that. So, uh, But we're getting down to the stretch. you Mike yeah. and kind of wrapping, yeah. uh, you know, we'll we wrap it up in the next couple minutes. But before we do, real quick, is there anything else uh, that you'd like to touch on, my friend, uh, in the world of NBA? Yeah, we've got a couple
1: other developments. Um, allegedly now, there's, speaking of Durant, there's a couple other teams that have emerged in terms of gauging interest with the Nets for Ky, uh, for Kevin Durant, and that is the Atlanta Hawks, who offered up John Collins and a couple other players, um, and one draft pick. All right. uh, you know, I, I don't blame the Nets for saying, yeah, thanks, but yeah. no thanks. Yeah. Um, you know, the other one that I think is far more intriguing, and I think that might gain some traction a little bit, although I don't necessarily agree with it for the, the team I'm about to mention, but... You know that's the Memphis Grizzlies apparently have have reached out to uh, the Nets, uh, or at least are are rumored to be reaching out to the Nets. Uh, However, they are allegedly refusing to include Desmond Bain and and uh, Jaron Jackson and or Jaron Jackson Jr. in the deal. They do have a plethora of draft picks that they They could send um, to the Nets and a lot of young players. Guys that they could uh, but. Apparently, the Nets are pretty steadfast in their desire to get back an all-star level talent. Um, But I do think if you're keeping Kyrie, then you have an all-star level talent. And you could surround him with a lot of guys similar to John Morant. Yeah, there, Where you can surround him with a lot of guys that can do multiple things, can score the basketball, play defense. And now you're giving the Nets something to work with and, you know, something to build off of. And if you're the Grizzlies, while I don't particularly like it because I think you're selling your future for a guy in a win-now type situation, uh, and a guy that potentially could just, like, as you've seen, you know, kind of, you know, you yes. know, run with <laughs> yeah. yeah, throughout your franchise. <laughs> I think that if you were able to swing that deal for Durant with John Morant uh, and the talent they have on that roster, I, I think that, you know, granted, it depends on how much they have to give up, but, you know, you're, you're talking about a team that potentially could all of a sudden now leapfrog other teams going into ah, the season indeed. as a favorite in the Western Conference. They
0: keep if they could they could work a deal and keep Jackson and Desmond Bain, yeah. and then you pair up you know, yeah, Durant yeah. and Durant. Oh boy! But yeah, I mean, again, one of the
1: things that they that's made them successful is this homegrown thing that we've talked about. And, right. You know, you've got a lot of guys that understand what their roles are. That's uh, that have got this grindhouse yes. mentality, yeah, and now you're going to bring in yeah. a guy that now all of a sudden is going to play isolation basketball. Right. It's not going to move flowingly, no, you know, within that offense. And, and you
0: give up your depth, which ended up Correct. being huge for you Correct. last year. Yeah, was I absolutely mean, huge. Well, so. their
1: record without, you know, Jaw was, you know, twenty-two and five or something ridiculous like yeah, that. That was so, insane. You yeah. know, you give up some of that depth, yeah. even with Durant. I don't think that that kind of record exists without that depth. So, again, probably not a great deal. But interesting that those two teams have now kind of thrown themselves out there. Uh, The only other other couple things I've got is apparently the Jazz and the Knicks have once again re-engaged in talks for Donovan Mitchell. The the latest rumor is that the Knicks have offered up Evan Fournier, Obi Toppin, additional salary, uh, cash considerations, two unprotected draft picks for a total of five picks, so there's probably some second-rounders in there and whatnot. Sure, sure. Not a surprise, but Danny Ainge wants more.
0: Yeah. Uh, You know, now whether or not
1: that's more draft picks, whether that's, you know, more in player compensation, whether that's RJ Barrett, whether that's, you know, uh, somebody else. Who knows? I personally think that, again... Look, you you, you got what you got for Rudy Gobert. No team is going to give you that same amount now at this point. Yeah, you're
0: not going to get that kind of package You had that Shaq and Kobe type
1: situation where you had to make a deal for one of those two guys. And you you, you had to decide between them. And you were going to get your best deal for whoever you traded, right? You got that with Rudy Gobert. You're not going to get the same. for Even if Donovan Mitchell is the better all-around player and the more exciting player... He's probably not the difference maker that Rudy Gobert is on one hand. Plus yeah. you're talking about, you know, a, a potential all star level talent that if he goes east is a for sure all star. I agree. In the Western conference, he's probably a coach's pick to make the all star yeah. team. All right. Not necessarily yeah. a fan pick. I could see that but a guy that hasn't necessarily proven that he can get it done in the postseason. Um, also so true. I don't know. I think Danny Ainge is 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 Clamoring for more for a guy that probably that's about the best you're gonna do, save for maybe I, Mikey, second, another player you, or another yeah, draft pick. I agree with you. Don't think yeah. you're gonna get much more. Yeah. So
0: at some point, if I'm the Knicks, I say like, "All right, look, dude, that's what we're offering. Period. Mm-hmm. Either take it or don't. Um, look, I I know they really want Mitchell. I know he's from New York. I I get it. And and." You know, if they can keep the guys they want to keep, pair, Donovan there, I could right. see, I could see how that is really intriguing to them, and they really want it. But at some point, uh, I feel like they could like, hey, we're gonna throw in a prime Patrick Ewing as well, and Danny Ainge would be like, nah, I need Not another right. draft pick, yeah. bro. Yeah. Like, just at some point, you got it with this guy. Be like, that's it, all right. That's all you're gonna get, right? Period. Either pull the trigger or don't. Have fun losing fifty games with Donovan Mitchell next year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that too. You know. I I think Donovan Mitchell's case is more specific than even Westbrook to some degree is that, you know, what's going to end up happening is I think Donovan Mitchell probably ends up getting traded. I think the Knicks probably, I think that there is, unlike in the Nets situation where, I mean, the Nets could be similar to that, especially with Kevin Durant, but but when you're talking about massive player movement, it doesn't typically happen during the season. But I think that, you know, if, if, Things are kind of going rough, and the the, the Jazz are getting blown out, and, and they're not competing to the same level that they have under Quinn Snyder. I could see Donovan Mitchell being a, a dirt in season trade candidate. Um, yeah. You know oh, yeah, I think that's that, true. You know, depending I, I, yeah, on you know maybe maybe the 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 Knicks up their ante because yeah. you know maybe they're struggling and they're they're trying to like you know redeem, and they're like, okay, yeah, we'll give in. Maybe the Jazz are the team that does that. Maybe the Jazz are like, yeah, okay, we'll take well, on yeah, you know right. Julius Randall's contract, and you know we'll 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 do that deal, right? Great because point. they're sure. not getting anything else. You know Westbrook also kind of fits that mold a little bit, but I think Mitchell's probably out of all of these guys, probably the mo- one most uh, has the potential for for being an in season trade. Sure, um, you know uh, happening. Because at that point, if the Jazz aren't really playing for anything come trade deadline, you know, yeah, yeah Donovan Mitchell. And, and who knows, Makes maybe sense. Donovan's like, yo, I want out.
0: I want out, yeah. I, this yeah. isn't fun for me. Yeah.
1: Uh, uh, you yeah. know, I want out. Doesn't strike me as that kind of dude, but, you know, who knows. We'll who see. Knows, so right? uh, the only other thing I've got sure. in closing, and this is this is a success uh, Udonis Haslem is going to come back for his 20th season it's with the Miami cool, Heat. Yeah, he's yep. going to be, you know, join only a handful of players in the NBA uh, history to have played that many seasons for one franchise. Uh, so kudos to him. I don't know what the contract is. Doesn't matter. The fact is, is that he's coming back. You know, and yes, Dwayne Wade is a, a Miami Heat great. And you talk about, you know, Alonzo Mourning, and you talk about some of these other guys. Uh, you know that have come through that franchise. But I think Haslam's going to be that guy that, you know, when all is said and done and you picture the Miami Heat, you know, he's the guy that a lot of Miami Heat fans are probably going yeah, go to go to. Yeah,
0: dude, I could totally I see mean, it. I mean, kudos yeah. to yeah. him. I like, I same. So, totally yeah, agree, I mean, man. awesome
1: for him. And congratulations on 20 seasons. And he's adamant. This is it. He yeah. <laughs> was, he told his father that he was, you know, his father right. wanted him to play 20 seasons. And here it is. Here's number 20. And, and he, that's you know. Good That's for cool. you, hasn't
0: Nice. I agree, man. Hey, guys, there you go. I took us down the stretch there. Uh, great stuff, Mikey. Mm-hmm. Thank you for, yeah. you know, keeping us up to date here Absolutely. on all the My ongoings in the league. So, hey, we'll uh, we'll wrap a shiny bow on Season 2, Episode 26. A couple of, you know, uh, exciting reminders out there. Go yeah. out, check out our Patreon, guys. Uh-huh. We're going to kick up the content on there again. So, with football season right around the corner you know we'll uh we'll go back to giving you some exclusive picks every week on on college football games I'll pick anywhere from about three to five games there we go uh give you our our our, our exclusive picks on there for you know patreon member and that'll kick off this week Mikey about Wednesday Thursday ish I'll have about four picks available for this weekend's games college football yeah. does kick off again it's a a, it's a very reduced slate, nine or ten games. You know, okay. one of them is going to be at Nebraska Northwestern from Dublin, Ireland. So oh, wow. you will have a Big Ten league game to kick things off right away. That, okay. Ireland. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. So you know, kind of we have got that one, and we will have a night game, uh, nightcap game out in Hawaii. Vanderbilt and Hawaii will be playing each okay. other to wrap okay. things up. But go on, check that out, guys. And yep. of course, my college football preview is yep. out there. It is on special this week. We're doing, uh, it's uh, about 67% off this nice. week's special. So you can go grab it for 99 cents this week leading there up to go. the season. So check it out, guys, if you there haven't. Go. 2022 College Football Preview. Hey, my friend, we uh, we made it, for it through. It was a yes, great, we did. Episode. great episode. Loved it. Yep. Uh, you know, Mikey and I will be back again next week. It'll be NFL preview time. We'll yeah. give you our thoughts there. Yep. Oh, can't wait, my friend. I know, it's going to be exciting. Uh, All right, everybody, have a good week, y'all. Yep, see ya.